The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Hmm? Ah! Huh. Hey everybody, I'm Rima. And I'm Pake. And this is Strange Indeed, a podcast dedicated to the Netflix show, Black Mirror. This week we are covering Season 6, Episode 2, titled Lock Henry. <laughs> this was a doozy. I I enjoyed it um, this week. What did you think, Hake? Yes. General thoughts? I I, I do. Uh, I really like this one. Um, I'm sure I will talk about it. Hopefully, we don't have too many listeners that fall in the camp of. Uh, <laughs> I know we talked about it a little bit last week that there's some people complaining about these episodes not being Black Mirror enough or whatever. And I have mm-hmm. some thoughts to uh, to defend and counteract that for sure. Um, oh, good. Me too. Yeah. So. Hopefully, you know, we don't have too many people in that camp, but, but yeah, I think this is, this was very well done. Again, we talked about, I mean, this is about society and people and kind of how they react within the confines of, you know, the technology of the through line. And I think it was done very well. There's always the social commentary. There's uh, a good twist. Uh, I'm sure some people probably picked up on the twist better than I did or sooner than I did, but, uh, I don't know, but but I thought it was really great. There was some really great horror aspects to it, some good comedy, some good, uh, you know, trying to figure out what's going on. It, it felt kind of like a, a true crime or a mystery thing where you're you're waiting to see what's going to happen and you're trying to guess before things happen. So I I thoroughly enjoyed it. Oh, I'm ha- really happy to hear that because uh, I did in- enjoy it too. Because I've I know I've mentioned it multiple times here on the podcast. I I do enjoy a good true crime story you know, um, podcasts or documentaries. I do try to steer towards ones that really do kind of focus on, on victims because I feel like in some things victims get lost. So I do try to, you know, stick to, you know, I kind of pick and choose. Um, so I'm I'm a fan. So when this started um, and I was watching it in the dark and I was like, oh, that was a mistake because um, <laughs> it was a little scary. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I en- I enjoyed it too. I thought it was you know, had some good twists and turns. I didn't see it coming either. I, I'm like, oh, darn! I, I should have, I should have got that. But I, I enjoyed where the story, you know, took us. And, uh, you know, I have some things to say too. Um, I, I'm going to defend. I'm not going to. I want to be clear. I'm not going to try and like, you know, this isn't about, you know, well, you're wrong for your opinion or anything like that. But I, I do want to defend you know, um, as far as like where this episode falls and some of the folks that don't feel, you know, like it's a Black Mirror episode or, um, 
you know, or or it was too predictable, I guess, mm-hmm. too. So that's awesome. Glad we're on the same page. It'll I feel like I won't have to defend it to you, Pake. Yeah. <laughs> 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 All right. Well, let's go ahead. I know I'm sure we've got a lot to talk about because this one was a really fascinating story, um, I thought. So where do you want to kick us off tonight? I'm going to start with something very quick, very small. I'm just going to point out maybe my favorite character in the episode I had the most fun with. And that is Stuart King. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) The man who is running seemingly the only business still in town. Uh, open. <laughs> um, you know, uh, Davis's old buddy Podrick Payne there running the bar. Uh, wasn't that awesome? <laughs> that's pretty see, cool. See yeah, again? yeah. <laughs> um, that's where he went. No, um, <laughs> but yeah, but this is where Podrick went after everything <laughs> happened. He's running a bar. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, he's he's very kind of rugged personality you know he's making a lot of jokes you know about you know are you gonna tell me your pronouns and you know uh (laughs) (laughs) went to some walk film school and he's just doing you know all of his you know like kind of you know rugged and and he's he's joking at them and kind of pointing at their kind of hipstery liberalness you know in in a friendly joking way though you know you can tell as he warm up to the character as as they Mm do you know, at least as Pia does, because, you know, Davis and him go way back. But it's just like, oh, he's he's charming in that once you get to know him kind of way. Uh, yeah. He's definitely ribbing on him like only a really old, good friend can. Yes. Exactly. Yeah, it's great. Uh, and then he just cracks me up through the whole episode. Like, yeah, like there's the, some tension, you know, between him and his dad. Like, we don't get any explanation really as to why their relationship is the way it is other than like, you know, his dad. which. John Hanna, by the way. Um, <laughs> oh, incredible. Yeah. Love him. You know, uh, has just kind of gone on this, like, bender of just drinking all day, every day, and clearly he's not a fan of that, and so we just see them, like, butt heads. Like, they're just, they just don't get along. He's just going to trash talk his dad and, and call him out. And we don't really get any further explanations or clearance on any of that, and that's okay, because that's not important. But it just adds to that l- level of the character. But him himself definitely had some of the lines that cracked me up the most throughout this episode uh mm-hmm. and it's just very like dry the way he just dryly delivers things you know uh davis is telling pia the story of of ian adair and all this stuff that happens and he just goes total wipeout pharmacide and i'm like, for- <laughs> like- <laughs> I know, like okay that's a new one <laughs> pharmacide i like that um of course the best one the one that like even on first watch, like you have to like pause because I'm laughing for a second. Is when they're breaking into the the cottage there, and he's like, "Can you do that quieter?" And he's just like, "I I'll put the crowbar on whisper mode." <laughs> um, <laughs> just just cracks me up. But yeah, the other only other thing I guess I'll t- talk about is, you know, Davis is kind of weary or against the idea of this documentary at first, and he's worried how his mom's going to take it. And you clearly see Stuart's dad, Richard, is very against the idea but Stuart, super into the idea from the get-go and mm-hmm. immediately because his thought tourism you know uh yeah. we're gonna show the beauty of the area in these shots with voiceovers and we get the true crime crowd in we get these people seeing what the area is like which i thought was interesting when he's talking about that because he mentions netflix by name when he says remember that thing on netflix yeah and, and i was like so now we know that because we know that lock henry then ends up 
on Streamberry. So I'm like, well, they both exist in the same universe. Then I guess that uh, was not unexpected. <laughs> yeah, that was unexpected. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I thought that was interesting. But yeah, so then his whole goal is just tourism, and then we see at the end of the episode, the pub is packed full of people watching the BAFTA awards. So it worked. Uh, we got a bunch of people back in Lock Henry and. Stuart's got actual patrons at his bar, at his pub, that he can serve now. <laughs> yeah, he he got he got a happy ending, mm-hmm. I think, in the story. Maybe the only one. The only uh... one, yeah. <laughs> Just to get her to say the same thing, only one. Yeah, that's great. I I liked his character too. It was it was a nice surprise. It took me a hot minute to recognize him um, out of like Game of Thrones like wardrobe. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it was good to see him again because uh, I haven't seen him in anything since. Um, I, yeah. I think he's done other things, but it's, I haven't seen him. So um, I enjoyed his character too. I enjoyed his infusion of humor into this dark, twisty uh, episode, uh, and really enjoyed seeing him. So yeah. I agree with you. And he was kind of the the true crime fan, like mm-hmm. personified in the episode, where like even the most like horrifying details and things that they find out he's cracking jokes about it and being like oh yeah like he's excited about the most like terrifying things and i think it was like purposely mm-hmm. he, he kind of portrayed the viewer a little bit the people who are very into like true crime stuff and very into you know where you you kind of take joy or entertainment at some of these things that should be very appalling but you're like oh it's entertainment and he was very entertained by a lot of things i agree I agree. I, I do do believe that was intentional. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, you, you know, we talked about you know this this story and the and the twist, and I I didn't see it coming when when it started. You know, I, I first thought you know we're getting you know some great uh, like a great backdrop, right? This Lock Henry is a, was beautiful, so I was really captivated by that. But then whenever they jumped in. You know, uh, when they're at the pub and, you know, Stuart starts talking about the story and then, you know, him and Davis are going back and forth like, let me tell it or sorry, forget about what I just said and go ahead. And, you know, how they're both kind of chiming in with the story. I was I was really captivated and I was like, "Ooh, this is this is juicy. And then it got kind of scary. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was regretting the choice of watching it in the dark, like I said. But I, I thought it was I thought it was great. And I was really swept in. Um, but then. It ended so tragically, you know, like the whole story in of itself. And I know I'm, I'm jumping like way ahead, but, you know, I don't Sorry, I don't want to yeah. recap the whole story. I mean, we 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 know what happened, right? right? Like yeah. they're, they're saying, you know, if that somebody's the town listening is dead. to this, they, they yeah. watch the episode. I, I know. Yeah. So you, you should know what happened in the episode. <laughs> but yes, we've got the whole story of how it was, you know, it was supposed to be Ian that murdered the tourists. And then, you know, it came out with all of this that it was, you know, also um, Davis's parents and it wasn't really ian leading it was them kind of guiding him because they even said um i don't remember Stuart's exact words but uh he was a bit of a a follower you know mm-hmm. he was easily guided or something i think is how he said it and, and seemed to be pretty true because they they kind of led him into this this whole you know kidnapping and torturing uh people so it was interesting to get these um further details of how they were the ones they kind of spearheaded it. And it was interesting how I felt like, did you feel like uh, Stuart's dad, Mr. King, was kind of a bit of a red herring, you know, because he had this, I don't know, he just seemed like 
he know he either he he knows more than what he's telling mm-hmm. or he was maybe involved somehow or something I, yeah. I feel like they were trying to kind of give that kind of vibe they could they could have I, i'm sure that there are people who were led down that road to think oh it's well it's john hannah you know so like the casting mm-hmm. versus you know like the secrecy or kind of weirdness of the character I, i'll be honest i never really thought that he was involved that much more like i i, I don't i never was led down that path i really wasn't sure my first watch I really wasn't sure at all. I wasn't led down any like red herring paths. It just all kind of hit me. <laughs> I, and I was like, either. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I was too. I, <laughs> honestly, I was like, when uh, she, when Pia was in the bedroom and the tape is playing, you know, she's kind of mm-hmm. going over what they had filmed that day. And, you know, she's doing her little stretching. She's got her back turned towards the, the computer. And then when the tape kind of switches, you mm-hmm. know, there's that Bergerac, you know, show, but then it switches. And I was like, what mm-hmm. and it still even took me a minute like wait what you know yeah. how how did that how did this come to be in the possession of his mother and yeah. you know davis's parents house still took me a minute and so yeah it, it totally got me and and mm-hmm. i i was like wow i can't believe i didn't pick up on that but you know it, it didn't and i was like oh well, this is this is twisted um <laughs> so it was i i loved the twist um, and I liked how they told the story. You know, I like how they just got straight to to like what happened. Like, it, and it makes you think of questions like, well, what if it had been the opposite? What if, what if the truth didn't come out? What if Davis and Pia had lived different lives and had made that Eggman documentary? <laughs> you know, like Davis had wanted. So it, it makes makes me question things like that. Like, what if? They decided not to, you know, let's let's sacrifice the fame to go after this more niche audience because, you know, Pia's like, you know, you're going to get this documentary in front of maybe 12 nerdy, um, you know, uh, types that, you know, and it's going to show and be something like an independent thing. And, you know, he didn't seem to care about that. But what if that is what they went for? Um, And 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 like talking about Pia, you know, she was so I don't want to say fame hungry, but I felt like they were trying to like I know her death was accidental. I mean, it was caused initially because of Janet chasing her her down. Uh but it was kind of I thought almost like a punishment for her to try to take this content um from her boyfriend's family, um from this tragedy that you know of his family, like before they even knew the truth of what happened. Um, I, I, I don't know if anyone else felt that way, but it was almost like kind of her karma a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. I loved this. I love the whole ending where we have Davis who, you know, he's trying to do something interesting with his pursuit of, you know, this documentary filmmaking and he ends up getting like way more than what he expected and learns the full like context of how he was brought up and who brought him up, right? Yeah. Like who his parents really were and and thinking about how how he has to live with that. And I don't know. It's like I don't know. I'm trying to articulate what i what i want to say because it's mm-hmm. like he's he's having to deal with like who his parents really were and almost kind of having to separate that a little bit but then he's yeah. also got after all of that he's still kind of left with that note that his mom left him 
like, you know, like, how do you reconcile that? You know, that this reminder that she was this murdering sadist, but still cared about him and his success enough to leave him all of these like trophies of their murders, all of the tapes, uh, essentially his whole confession. And then to like, leave him this note of, you know, for your movie, you know, love mom, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, how do you, how do you compartmentalize that and, and have like love for your parents, you know, that were people who, you know, tortured and murdered people and were responsible for these things and, and raised you, yeah, you know, and, I don't know. It was all these things kind of wrapped up there in the ending with with where Davis was at by the end at the Baftas. I don't know. What do you, do you have thoughts about that? Oh, absolutely. Uh, so I can. That's one of my points. I'll talk about the uh, the right aftermath in. a little bit. Yeah. Uh, is yeah. See, because I, it's definitely yeah these complex feelings about his his parents, but I think there definitely is more of that too. Uh. So yeah, so we see it being up for and winning the BAFTA, running against a documentary series titled Euthanasia Inside Project Junipero. They beat them. <laughs> Thought that was a fun little nod, a little Easter egg. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and yeah, uh, I have a couple of notes before I get to what I think. But yeah, uh, this is that I just want to throw in. Uh, I noted the post-production team on the Lock Henry series was named Cart Before Horse. Which I thought was really funny, uh, because you know, it's just just a little play on the idea. Because yeah, they started filming the documentary, and then the hook, so to speak, was found later. So you know, a little yeah. cart before horse in the way that things were done. Um, but yeah, so Davis is not celebrating his victory here at the end. Uh, I think yeah, like you said, there's the shame of the truth of his parents, but also the fact that that shame is just now the hottest gossip and entertainment you know uh people are partying mm-hmm. there at the pub in lock henry wearing masks and trivializing trivializing the entire thing uh you know they're talking about making a scripted tv show based off all of it and so now his horrific reality is the biggest water cooler talking point across the world right now and he's miserable with that and so i think that's another point that the this episode is trying to make is you know true crime you know that that this whole true crime idea which i know you're a fan i'm really not but mm-hmm. it's not that i have anything like morally against it and that's what's interesting because i don't know you know there's an argument or a commentary that this episode is making but i think it's kind of you know where, where do you want to look at that because again that's you know we may have people complaining oh it's not black mirror enough you know technology's mm-hmm. not bad at ruining things but i mean again we talked about this last week a little bit it's never really what this show was about technology is a common through line but it doesn't have to be futuristic you know we have the cameras the tapes they're streaming a true crime documentary series on streamberry it's it's all technology mm-hmm. um and the point of the show is how society takes that thing and becomes the villain within it and so the spectacle of the events in lock henry i think are the culprit here you know with davis being miserable watching the world consume all the truth of his parents and the celebrity and the gossip of these horrific things that happen to real people and how those become entertainment and gossip and, and talk. And, you know, it made me think of uh, Dahmer, the series on Netflix, and how huge of a, yes. a hit that was. And but the families, the families mm-hmm. of the actual victims suffered to differing degrees because of the success of that series 
and seeing mm-hmm. themselves portrayed and their family portrayed and things portrayed in certain ways. Uh, so yeah, I just, I think that was, that's kind of maybe where they're going with this a little bit. They even show that with Richard, John Hanna's character being mm-hmm. against it. You know, after all this time, is he just wanting to let it go? Or does he fear that Davis is going to, you know, discover the truth somehow? But then again, that commentary, he calls Davis a parasite. He, you know, he's dragging up the past for new glory. And and you think about true crimes, like we all watch this stuff for entertainment. Mm-hmm. And then I think, you know, on the flip side of the Dahmer thing, I think of also Unsolved Mysteries, right? Uh, where because of episodes of that show, they have actually led to breaks and you know new breaks in cases and justice being served in ways that we never thought was possible right so so i'm not exactly sure where i land on that you know because it could it can be good and it can be educational and helpful at times but there's definitely in the true crime genre and the grand you know spectrum that it is there is a line that can be crossed and is crossed at certain times where you're just glorifying things that happened versus actually helping the situation or the victims or anything like that. So it's, it's, it's a very touchy subject that I, I really don't know where I feel on it. And I don't, there's commentary in this episode on it, but yeah, it's just almost to kind of get the conversation started. I don't even know if this episode is coming down hard directly on one side or the other either. I don't think they, they, I mean, I think they touched on it there at the end, like you said, Mm -hmm. with, with the, the group that was uh, at the pub watching the BAFTAs, I think that they were starting to go there, but I don't think this episode came down very hard and, and showed showed the, the like a bigger picture yeah. of what you were just talking about. Yeah. Good point. Did you have more that you want to say about that or was No, that's pretty much it. Okay. Yeah, that just kind okay. of is as a point was just like the aftermath and kind of the yeah, the the commentary on true crime and kind of Okay, I think what yeah. was at the center of this episode, aside from, you know, the the entertainment of the story that's in it. But, you know, what's right. the underlying theme? What's the commentary mm-hmm. they're making here? Okay, great. I, did, I didn't want to trample and, and jump in if you if mm-hmm. you still had something to say. Uh, well, I, I'm going to add to that because I one of my and this is, I, I think, just a little piece of of what you were talking about, because I was kind of surprised that when we learn that it's essentially a ghost town because of the murder, I was surprised that it wasn't already like a touristy kind of yeah. location or site. Like maybe it was then, like when uh, in the 90s when we get these flashbacks and, and when it was happening. But then why didn't it still continue to be? Because I don't know. The only thing I could think was is like, to me, it seems like it would still be a tourist attraction because of what happened, not the yeah. opposite. Like it wouldn't have made it be a ghost town because of it it would have been so sensationalized that it would still be a tourist attraction and maybe not for all the right reasons but it would be because of that yeah so for me that didn't quite add up yeah i I was confused about that as well because i even you know if the true crime fanatics and stuff even if it's just a story that was just not told that people didn't know about which i think is what they're Mm -hmm. talking about you know that you know oh and then princess diana died and then everything moved on and nobody cared anymore and Mm -hmm. So maybe that's what it is, is that the the people who would use it as a tourist attraction for those reasons don't know about it. It's kind of in that middle ground. But then, yeah, I was like, it's still kind of weird that, like, tourism completely stopped because of what happened with Ian Adair. Because I was like, I mean, the guy's dead. And as far as anyone knows, there's no threat of anything happening anymore. I mean, there really isn't. Uh, right. <laughs> even with the real 
culprits other than Ian behind it. I mean, Kenneth died, and we still have Janet there, but she's not doing anything on her own. She's just, you know, kind of resigned to living her life in uh, loneliness and missing the good old days, so to speak. But she, you know, (laughs) she's retired. Um, Right. (laughs) (laughs) She's just a a quiet widow these days, and yeah. Yeah, so it, 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 I was I questioning that, too. There was like, well, yeah, those things happened, but, I mean, as far as everyone knows, anybody involved in that situation is dead and gone, and there's no threat anymore, so why would people exactly. be scared to come to the town? It, it's over. Yeah. <laughs> that didn't, and, and I don't know if maybe it was made that way just to give them a motive to mm-hmm. kind of drive the whole, well, let's make this documentary about it. And Stuart's behind it because, hey, it's going to pick up, you know, tourism. And, you know, maybe maybe they just needed a reason for it to get, get there. But, you know, there was a, a whole media frenzy around it. I know that, like you said, you know, uh, Princess Diana's death kind of took over, you know, the front pages. But it seemed like there was some a lot of coverage on it. I mean, Stuart's mother had this whole archive you know, to to prove, you know, that it was just all over. There was like a whole frenzy yeah. uh, about it, but it seemed to, I guess that once the news had moved on, well, then so did all the visitors. But I don't know. It's still a stunning Scottish town with a dark, murderous history. You know, this is this is absolutely what people would be talking about on like TripAdvisor or something, you know, like, oh, you got to go here. It's got this classic, you know, crime story that's super creepy. And it's but it's also in this beautiful, you know, scenic backdrop. Right. I mean, to me, it would have been, you know, already a really popular spot. I mean, you know, it's not uncommon for true crime tourists, you know, often go to bars that murderers have been to. I mean, they talked about Ian Adair drank at that pub like all the time nearly every night at that one table right so you know if uh there's the the jack the ripper tour where yeah. the the london's 10 bells pub you know people go to that they like where um eileen warnos was arrested the the it was a biker bar i think called the last resort mm-hmm. um you know so the you know it's these places are still frequented you know today so it's like gosh you know i, I would have thought that you know, they would have, it would have been the opposite anyway. But I do think, I don't know, I think they could have went a little deeper uh, to talk about the, you know, I guess the ethics, you know, of traveling to some of these places where, you know, these are real people, you know, that have, you know, been, been murdered and were victims. And, you know, I don't know, it's, you know, it's not a new thing true crime is not new people have been obsessed with true crime since like the 16th century it's just it's definitely become more prevalent with our media so that's again a a big point of why this to me does fit into the black mirror you know uh stories and fits fits in with others because of of like so this is this is the um technology of today that's that's being used and how it's consumed and used by people um because it is so prevalent because of streaming services with the documentaries and with all the podcasts and you know so there's it, it's just i think more out there than you know than what it used to be and then there's social media too there's always you know tiktok and instagram and it's it's just always out there so i'm surprised that they didn't go a little further into um the, the tourism of it 
Um, but they they just kind of stopped it there at the end where they were they were there in the pub. But it's definitely been around for a while. Um, as far as as far as you know, these going around to these uh, different sites where you know some of those happenings in history and true crime occurred. So, but I was surprised. I was like, I'm surprised it's not already a bit of a tourist site um, there at the beginning. So that one, I was surprised. Um, What's your next point? All right. I I wanted to talk about closer to the end of the episode. uh, You mentioned the scary moments. And so I want to talk about like maybe the most horror vibe moment of this episode I thought was great is this kind of scene or scenes between Pia and Janet uh, there at the end. Uh, You know, as they're out kind of filming their fabricated new old stories, um, (laughs) this sex murder dungeon, (laughs) uh, the the tapes posing as episodes of Bergerac were the only VHS tapes on hand, so they used that for their footage, which leads to Pia making quite the discovery later on while editing, you know, and... uh, I thought it was a nice little horror story vibe with that reveal scene and the surrounding situation. You know, the, the little the accident in the car puts Dave uh, Davis in the hospital. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's okay, but, you know, then we have a reason that he's out of the picture for a little bit. And we have Pia and Janet alone at the house when the discovery is made, which just really amps up the tension. It was well played. And I, I love that. Of course, then she realizes, you know, it's playing. She's watching the tape and then. Janet comes up, Shepard's pie? Oh, God, you know, like, she's just there. Uh, I will say Pia is terrible at hiding fear. Uh, she cannot play it cool at all, can she? Uh, no, she did not. <laughs> not at all, which then kind of tips off Janet after she walks out, then to go upstairs and realize what she had found. But, like, there's just some so many tense scenes. You know, they're eating together at that little table. And Pia looks up and sees the mask that she had just watched Janet wearing in the video. And, you know, Janet Creepy. looks back at it and oh, Ken gave me that. We had such fun together. I'm like, oh, even now, like, it was all a game to her. You know, Pia's realizing, like, mm-hmm. Janet is not well. She is, like, legitimately a sociopath. Like, there is just this disconnect in her head that she was like, fun and games, you know. Uh, uh-huh. And I just love that they keep amping up this tension and horror to where even Pia gets out and she's on the walk. Janet realizes what's going on. And then it goes back and, you know, Pia's there trying to get cell service. And then the headlights from the car just shining, you know, lighting up behind her. Mm -mm. Bravo. It was so good. (laughs) Chills. You know, I was just like, oh, that's so cool. Mm -hmm. Uh, Definitely the, the horror moment. And then, you know, her trying to get her in the car and then the tension rises and then Pia's running off and hiding. And then Janet gets out of the car, and then she does an impression of me when my internet goes out. (laughs) (laughs) Say. You come back now! And then so on and so forth with other words and things. Um, Yes. (laughs) Very relatable moment. Yeah. (laughs) Not when I'm chasing someone, you know, for their lives, but, you know, yeah. Uh, That was kind of a little humorous moment. mm -hmm. So finally that, like, just sweet, you know, everything is fine persona that we'd seen the whole episode just cracks and she realizes that that's it the game is over uh you know pia's got she i don't she never knows what happens to pia uh 
But as far as she knows, well, Pia's going to find Davis, and the truth's going to be out anyway, so might as well just lay it all out and call it a day, right? Uh, but man, just I wanted to shine, you know, <laughs> shine some light, not, pun not intended, out <laughs> of the car headlights. But yeah, <laughs> just on the, the, the tension and everything in those, those scenes, because it was very well done, gave a great horror vibe to the episode. It was. It was a really great uh, moment. I sh- Janet had me fold. I I really thought she was just this quiet, you know, uh, country uh, widow, you know, and I I just did not see it coming. Now, when they were showing flashbacks later, you know, like you said that oh oh that's something Kenneth gave me. We had su- such fun, and when it flashed back to when Davis was filming his mom for the documentary and Mm -hmm. you know she's like wow you know your dad never had any of this and he's like well he wasn't you know set up to broadcast and she's like oh can you imagine it's like oh my gosh right when you when you're like Jesus um so there were some interesting moments there I just I I didn't see it at all I thought she did a fantastic job I thought all the acting was really great of course but she she definitely had me fold and and once once that had kind of slipped, like once you knew who she was and what she was capable of, it was like super creepy then seeing her chase after mm-hmm. Pia because it's like, whoa, you know, she's she's out there. Yeah. Um, and, and knowing what she's capable of, that was pretty scary. And yeah, it was interesting, this whole disconnect. It's like she was just totally able to like compartmentalize everything, you know, and just... Like, I don't even think she thought they did anything wrong. She just thought it was great memories with her husband or something. It's right. bizarre. Absolutely bizarre. When she's getting everything together to leave behind for Davis and she's looking through the like memento box, her own yeah. you know, box in a wall from you, right? With all the little like trophies. Mm-hmm. Of- <laughs> Everybody's got a box. Uh- <laughs> They all and have a box. It was, there, there's like a diary in there. <laughs> Dear diary, we murdered the sweetest couple today. Um, but... <laughs> Yeah, but she's looking through that and like there's like the Polaroids of all the different like victims that they've had. And she's like tearing up and like has a smile on her face. Like it's like precious memories, right? Uh it's disturbing. Yeah. <laughs> it was. It was. I was quite impressed. Quite impressed with um her acting for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, it was kind of sad because, you know, I I feel like it was pretty clear, you know, that Pia died, but did they find her? Like, do they know what happened to her? You know, what she found? Because they did mention, you know, earlier when they were talking about the, ep- or, you know, in the, uh, talking about the stories of the people that disappeared, it was like, well, no one really thought too much of it because, hey, you know, people go hiking or, you know, yeah. they, they get, they get lost or they, they fall. It's hit like their a head, like, foreshadowing. You know. Yeah, his exact. Yeah, I have the quote because he goes around here. The countryside can be dangerous. There's deep water and all that. You know, sometimes people went missing. <laughs> exactly. So it's like, it's like, oh well, okay. So we see that happened to Pia. You know, mm-hmm. she maybe a little clumsy and slipped and or in the water and yeah, and then hit her head. And so we see that, uh, but they don't really talk about it at all, which I thought was kind of, you know. Um, I don't know. I didn't like that. I didn't like how they yeah. didn't seem to acknowledge her more than just a couple of shots um, there in the in the document, at least from what we saw. I mean, I I hope that she got some kind of credit or something mm-hmm. um, for for her part in 
what they were able to film for the documentary, but I was like, she just kind of got forgotten about Mm -hmm. um, a little bit, at least as far as that, that was concerned. Um, But yeah, great, great tense uh, scenes there. Well, I want to go ahead and talk about uh, some of the criticism um, this episode, I think, had. I know others have gotten it too, but I've still, I've still only seen the first two. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know about the others yet, but, you know, I, I did see that there was some criticism around this one and I, I myself, like I said, I enjoyed it and I, I feel like I understand why people feel that way. So, and, and everyone's certainly entitled, you know, to their opinion as to why they feel that way. But I, I feel like the point of the episode, uh, of the, the true meaning of the, the point of the episode was missed. Um, I've heard comments saying that it was predictable, but I think it was intentional. And I'm curious to, you know, what, to know what you think as well, because I think that they were kind of taking a jab at at themselves with this episode and the nature of any kind of true crime story that we watch. You know, if, if you do watch any true crime story, a lot of them are kind of predictable. And I think Mm -hmm. that was the intent with this episode. Um, and I think that they intentionally followed this uh, linear narrative, you know, mm-hmm. and I think it was purposefully done with the twists that were in this episode, like you would see in a, in a true crime documentary to keep you hooked. Right. That's what yeah. true crime docs do. And that's what they did here as well. Um, so I, I think that it was intentional. And I don't know, I, I thought it was good because then they, you know, it kind of, when, when they get towards the end, then it opens your eyes up to like that sensationalist nature, um, you know, that we're used to seeing with the true crime documentaries as well. Um, another thing that I, you know, like you mentioned earlier, one of the criticisms was it wasn't futuristic enough or didn't center a lot of um, technical things um or it wasn't like in a futuristic uh timeline like it seemed to be in today's time they didn't explicitly say it was like you know in the 2020 or 2022 or whenever this was filmed or anything you know a lot of black mirror episodes are in like a futuristic kind of society but i don't think it has to be it's like you said for what what we talked about was you know black mirror is about people using the technology and how it affects them and you know how we interact with it and the consequences sometimes negative consequences that that come from that so i I feel like that's kind of been a a theme for black mirror to kind of revolve around uh those ethical like dilemmas about the misuse of technology and right now you know when we're talking true crime you know, there's, we know that we have these streaming platforms that turn audiences, you know, into these consumers of real life tragedies. And, uh, you know, so to me, it kind of fit perfectly, you know, yeah. um, with our relationship of modern technology. Uh, so I don't know. What, what do you think about that? Yeah, no, I, I agree fully. Uh, again, I think uh, because this show 
has done such a great job with taking these fantastical, you know, future technology ideas and what if in a world this could happen, then here's where it could go bad that that people have kind of locked on to, oh, that's what this show's about. But like I mentioned early, earlier, I, I don't think that's what this show has ever really been about. Like it's a big through line and yeah, like it's a big hook on a lot of episodes. Mm-hmm. But it's a social commentary at the center of it all. And it's about with when people have certain media or certain outlets or certain technologies, you know, that how they react, like you said, like what's the consequences of human nature when it coincides with these things. And so the technology is it is, it's not futuristic. It's modern technology, but it's technology. Again, the tapes. Uh it's kind of past mm-hmm. technology in a way too. It's like <laughs> when they're having to digitize these tapes so then, you know, that's what leads to the discovery is you're editing and digitizing old tapes. So you're going mm-hmm. through those and that's how you find the reveal, the twist. And then also, but again, it's that social commentary of, of streaming and, and, you know, being able to stream and binge and talk about true crime documentary series is a social commentary slash modern technology thing. Right. So, <laughs> So I think, Agreed. yeah, it, it hits the nail on the head. I mean, that is what Black Mirror is about at the center. So I don't know. Like you said, you know, I don't want to be nice and tell people your opinion is wrong. But I mean, <laughs> I'm going to be a little less nice. I'm just like, if somebody's <laughs> complaining that like, this is a Black Mirror episode, I hear you and you're wrong. Um, because that's, ex- <laughs> you know, like, if you really look at what this show is, then it's exactly what it's about and exactly what this is. Yeah, I I, I understand it for sure. Um, yeah, I, I, I totally, you know, disagree with that viewpoint because for me, I was like this, for me, it was a very much a Black Mirror um, kind yeah. of episode. It didn't bother me at all that it wasn't, you know, futuristic or dystopian or, you know, anything yeah. like that, that, that we're used to seeing, you know, I liked the questions that it raises because it's like, yeah, we're, there's, there's a lot of ethical questions around this glorification of violence you know I, I like i said I, I feel like we have to remember if you're watching anything for for true crime you have to remember these are real people mm-hmm. you know there were real people with real families and and when these movies or documentaries are made and it puts them in a spotlight again it's like absolutely i couldn't imagine like they're real people who are related to this incident in one way or another. And now they are overnight. They are a celebrity with people knowing who they are and following them and watching them for all of the wrong reasons, for things that they had no control over things that they don't want to have any connection to, or want to relive things. They would rather just stay in the past and try to move on with their life. And now they're a global celebrity because of something they're trying to like move on from. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Right, and it's like Davis was talking about when Pia was you know just throwing out this egg man 
documentary idea <laughs> out the window and she's r- saying, you know, I really want to do this. And, you know, he's like, no, I'm not interested. And he starts walking away and she's like, I'm going to do this anyway with or without you. And he, you know, he gets kind of angry at her and he's like, you know, talking about how this uh, Ian Adane killed his father or essentially he's he's dead because of him. Right. I mean, he 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 didn't die from the gunshot wound, but he got Mercer from the hospital recovering from the gunshot wound. So essentially he was responsible. But he's like, that's real. That's not fucking content. Right. And yeah, that's, you know, exactly what this whole thing ends up becoming. And it really messes Davis up. And, you know, it talks, you know, like said, a good commentary on how these shows can really reopen wounds for for families and such. So, you know, there's I think that's important to remember, you know, as far as like how you take in some of that content, if you're watching these kinds of things is to, you know, remember that there were real people. And, you know, um, I think there's there can be a line there. You know, between trying to to watch those kinds of things and then also get um, people, I think, can cross a line and kind of sensationalize it at the same time. And then you could really kind of see how it just runs away and you have zero control. Like this is, you know, Davis was credited as, I think, like a director and maybe executive producer. He Clearly, he he won a BAFTA. He was involved in all of this, but you can see how it's already kind of running away from mm-hmm. him. Like he has no control because, like you said, they're talking about now making like a a, a series and, and casting and things like that. And you know, does he have any say about that? Probably not. You know, mm-hmm. it's so now it's just spinning out of control, and he has like zero say about it. And it's just like he's completely miserable. He's just lost everything. Like he's lost his girlfriend. He's you know lost his mom. Everything he knew uh, about his life is a lie, you know, knowing who his parents were and, uh, you know, being raised by them, you know, I I can't imagine, you know, sitting with Mm -hmm. that. So I think, you know, that that definitely makes it, in my opinion, a a black mirror kind of story, seeing um, how how that technology is used and how we interact with it and how we consume it. Yeah. Um, do you have another point? Yeah, I've got a couple. Uh, okay, go right ahead. Let's see. Talk. I want to talk about Janet specifically, kind of her arc, I guess, in a way, through this episode. As and and watching her reactions and her interactions. Uh this episode definitely hits different on a second watch. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Her her facial expressions and body language they feel different when you know the truth when you're watching her. You're right. Because uh, at first, you know, it's just very awkward. Like, you know, Pia feels like she's putting her foot in her mouth around Janet constantly. She's like speaking poorly of local cops and then forgetting, oh, yeah, her, her husband. And, you know, saying things like the words of, I don't want to picture your mom getting wet about some dude's butt. And, it's like, <laughs> and then she's just like there in the back of the room. It was a nice one. You know, like, it's just like these like awkward little interactions. And then Janet is also like really awkward around Pia. You know, it's just mm-hmm. like. Well, are you are you doing this? You know, like not understanding like the things that she's saying. That ditto. She's like, what? What? You know, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and it's just very awkward. And I think I, I wonder, you know, because they're looking at the Bergerac tapes and stuff when she comes in. There's like there's evidence hiding in plain sight all over the place. Davis is used to seeing it and not and thinking nothing of it, but now there's because who would else look? Here. Yeah, who would think to look there? Yeah, 
but yeah, but it's now some number somebody from the outside with a different you know mind and eye for these kind of things is now snooping around the house and looking. Is like so. Then you wonder if her kind of weird, awkward, you know, awkwardness and and the way that she interacts with PM makes more sense. Um, but then what's interesting is she's incredibly on board with the documentary idea. Hmm. I wonder. She has to know that there's a possibility of her secret being exposed. I uh, found that really interesting. Yeah, like she w- didn't seem concerned that someone, not just her son, is nosing around and yeah. asking questions. Yeah. Um. And so I wonder if, like, yeah, this like sociopathic part of her where it was all just a game to her anyway. It was all just like I don't think she cares. And then her hatred of Ian Adair is so strong. You know, she blames him for the death. And even when you know the like the truth of what happened, it was like, well, you know, Kenny went in there and, and killed Ian. But then he, you know, shot himself and then everything that happened in the hospital. Mm-hmm. But I mean, she still has reason to blame Ian. It's like, well, if Ian wouldn't have gone into the pub and was running his stupid mouth and blabbing about the couple that we just tortured, then Kenny wouldn't have had to go and kill him. And, you know. Right. Yep. So she still blames him. And. There's it's love, and so then the things that she says again on second watch, it reads so differently. Whenever she kind of has that moment where she, you know, I want you, you know, he took my Kenny from me, and you do everything, and then he goes, "We were happy before he broke it all, ruined it all. Such a stupid man, just the waste of it." And you realize what she's talking about when you know what's mm-hmm. going on. And I know he put an right. end to all of our fun. We had to, we had to let the cops find the dungeon and we had to stop doing what we were doing because Ian was such an idiot. You know, that's what she was worried about. And Mm -hmm. you see that in a different light watching it the second time. You're like, Oh, she's just mad because she had to stop doing it. Twisted. Uh, Yeah. And then, yeah, you mentioned the, the other lines, which they showed again with like the trailer of the, the documentary series. But yeah, it's been years since I was in front of any kind of camera at all. Last time, it would have been that old one your dad had. And he didn't have all this. It's like, well, he wasn't <laughs> filming for broadcast, Mom. Could you imagine? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, although, in a way, he was filming for broadcast. He just didn't know it at the time. Uh, he didn't realize that that broadcast would happen after everyone in the videos was already dead. Uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. And then just kind of her end. Very disturbing and sad. but. After Pia kind of gets away, uh, you know, she just collects all the evidence and memor- memor- you know, mementos mm-hmm. uh, and everything that she's hidden. And like again, she's smiling fondly at the photos and there's no remorse. It's, it was just joyful memories. Uh, but she leaves it all behind for Davis with that note, dons that mask one last time and hangs herself. Because, I mean, she's not going to face justice for these things. She just has come to peace in terms with well the games are over now so uh time to go <laughs> you know yeah and she didn't want to be caught or or have to like go to jail for it but yeah you could tell she really i think really seal sealing it was the the putting the mask back on mm-hmm. it's kind of always said yeah this is who i am like there's no shame mm-hmm. there's no regret it's just you know my <laughs> the it's my payment is due you know, I mm-hmm. got away with that for all those years, and now the reckoning has come back to me, and I'll face it as who I am. All right, then. Yeah. Yeah, that 
bizarre. Far, mm-hmm. so far gone, so far gone. I'd have to say, um, yeah, very interesting character. I thought, yeah, I, she had me fooled. <laughs> yeah, I, I was wondering. I had a kind of a, a question or thought, I guess, because uh, that note that you know for your film, mum. And mm-hmm. at the end, Davis, after he's back in his hotel room after the award, and he just sits there and he's sad and he's he's looking at that note. He's kept it with him. And it could, do, do you think that he made the documentary? He still came because he still had opportunity to trash everything, get rid of it, not sign with this whatever, you know, production company historic, not sign any deals. He didn't have to go through with it. But do you think that he still made the documentary because of that note? That it was some way maybe making his mom's death mean something? Hmm. That's that's a good question. You know, I don't think I thought of that. Like, he he could have just... Because it was only himself, Pia, and Stuart, well, and then Stuart's dad that knew that they were going to make this documentary. Mm-hmm. So if, and then Pia had died. Um, so it would just be him and Stuart and his dad. So if he had decided after he found that stuff that his mom had left him, all the trophies and film, he could have just been like, no, no way. He could have just turned it into the police to kind of, mm-hmm. you know, at least get it out there and get it known. But yeah, I, I don't know. That's, I'm not sure. Maybe. To just maybe, or maybe just let the truth be known. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he thought, I don't know if he thought he was going to be feeling the way, like if he decided to go ahead and move forward with the documentary, uh, because maybe it's what Pia wanted mm-hmm. to, um, and to maybe honor her uh, in some way, or... Did he, I don't think he really wanted the fame, but I think maybe just getting the story out there, but I think maybe regretting that fully mm-hmm. <laughs> after, yeah. during the orchard. I think he, I think he regretted his decision. I'm, 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 I'm guessing. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think? I don't know. I, I felt almost like, yeah, like you said that he definitely regrets it and he's losing grasp of everything and it's just running, it's becoming its own creature out from under him. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, I wonder, I, I do think that he went through with it as, I mean, because you know he went home from the hospital and found his mother and found the oh, note. and found these things. And it's almost like, well, this, if this was her final, like, you know, act there to, to do that, then almost, you know, would it have been, you know, against her or whatever if he would have just not gone through with it, you know, that she was, mm-hmm. because of that conversation earlier, that she was so supportive of the whole idea that you know maybe part of her wanted even after her death to to let the story out and let the truth you know that maybe there was this small little modicum of humanity inside her that wanted closure for the victims families and things like that to like okay i'm gone but now the truth can go out there and let people know what really happened mm-hmm. so so it could have been some kind of favor to his mom i think in some at least some small part it was I think that's a good possibility. Yeah, that's a really good question. I hadn't hadn't thought about that. Mm, good stuff. I only have just Easter eggs left, which there were just a, a few in this episode. Mm-hmm. So if you have more notes, then 
or uh, any other points, go right yeah. ahead. <laughs> I always have a lot of thoughts. <laughs> um, so I'll see if I can go through it quickly. Not like oh, don't worry about speed being read it too much. But yeah, uh, but yeah, just the last point was just kind of which I've thrown some of these things into other points anyway. But yeah, the the making of the documentary again. Uh, that's the reason they're there is to you know see his mother as they're nearby, going to be filming this this other documentary. Which I was kind of with Janet. Uh, I was like. Yeah, I'm not seeing the immediate appeal of a movie about a guy that watches X. Uh, <laughs> I I don't know if I'm watching it? that one. I'm not hitting play on that one on stream. Yeah, I don't know. I'm passing that one up probably. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So even Pia like decides that that's boring in comparison to what she later learns. Uh, and that's why when she hears the whole story and then they go to the place and she's looking at it, that's where she's inspired. You know, she was just settling with the egg guy idea. You know, I kind of like mm-hmm. it, um, but I love this. Uh, this is a documentary people will watch, she says, you know, true crime is the hot thing. Uh, so yeah, and again, he's against it, uh, at first because of, like, the closeness to home, uh, if he only knew then, uh, how close. Uh, but, you know, because he's thinking it'd be hard on his mom, uh, to, oh, you know, kind of the same... You know, the the flip side, for the opposite reasons, was like, well, I don't want to make her relive all of these things that happened to Dad. Uh, but Pia, you know, pitches it as, well, we can tell the, what she doesn't know is fabricated, story of Kenny. You know, make him a hero. Make him, you know, that's kind of the mm-hmm. pitch she's going at, is let his story be told, his truth be told. Boy, was it ever. Uh, they get all the, the footage and archives and stuff from Stuart's mom's collection. Uh, that's where we kind of learn... The King family has been affected differently by this. Richard suspects the McArdles. Uh, he has no evidence. But, uh, if only he knew the truth lies just beyond John Nettle's gorgeous butt, right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, they use Stuart's drone to get some beautiful establishing shots. Uh, which is funny because he mentions the drone and then Pia says something about like, oh yes, yeah, spanning, establishing shot one single note on the piano something like that and then when mm-hmm. the trailer starts at the end of the episode what happens you get this widespread of like the the scottish countryside and boom and it's like that's that's a nice touch i i appreciate that yeah uh, well stewart mentioned it too he's like hey what was the name of that one documentary right and and they had this beautiful you know uh, scenery uh, wherever the location was of this documentary and it made um, his his relative immediately go book a spot just based on how beautiful it was right yeah mm-hmm. so yeah that that's definitely appealing for this spot not just to to like draw in fans of true crime to want to go visit all of these locations but just you know just for the fact of how beautiful it was I think Charlie yeah. Charlie Booker said that about this episode was that he had said he was watching a, a true crime documentary mm-hmm. and he was like, wow, that is beautiful because they, they had all these beautiful scenic shots. And so he Googled it and went and actually went there, not because of the, the true crime nature of it, just because it looked so beautiful yeah. in, in the documentary. And I just <laughs> thought that was funny that they kind of slid that in there. So, yeah, that's fine. So, yeah. I like that, you know, they're told, can you get any new unseen footage? And so they shoot their own new old footage. Uh, <laughs> they're fabricating footage of themselves as the forensics team, like exploring the 
dungeon. Oh gosh, yeah. Uh, Stuart brings like the lemon juice and stuff to like to make the UV findings gruesome, but then they don't need them because <sighs> that place has not been cleaned, and there was definitely some very terrible stuff that happened down there. Uh, Ick. Yeah, and then, of course I mentioned Richard uh, having no proof, but like we know, it was like the whole episode we're wondering like, well, why does he suspect? The, you know, Kenny and, and Janet, why is he? And then we get footage from the documentary in that form of the trailer. And we get the little interview with him. And apparently he had uh, gotten wrapped up in some uh, sex play with them ex- uh, on the side and realized how sadistic and uh, kinky they were. And it went a little far and based off of like stuff that maybe Ian had said and and some of the stuff that was coming up is like, oh, <laughs> oh. They're the ones that are doing that. I've found out what they do. Yeah. He had put I, two and two I, I together. Wanna hear, I want to hear more about that. <laughs> um, yeah. And it, you start to think about, about him. And so he, you know, it sounds like Stewart's like, oh, well, he's, you know, this is all he does now. Right. He just only comes downstairs to, to get a, get a drink and he's just kind of drinking himself away. And and, it, you know, Stuart mentions that his mom's been gone for four years. So is, you know, is he just, is he lonely because he's lost his wife and he's kind of just drowning himself in that? Is he feeling guilty because he felt he knew something and he never spoke up, mm. you know, um, that he, he had this suspicion and he's never said anything? And did he just not say anything because he didn't feel he had any proof that he was only going based off of this experience that he had? And it just really, I think, creeped him out and probably triggered a gut feeling. but. I mean, what do you do? I mean, yeah. yeah, you don't have any proof. Um, but how how weird that would be to be in that same town there with with Janet, no, you know, having the suspicions and mm-hmm. um, and then just having to kind of live with that. So it, it kind of brought an in- interesting um, light to him, I thought. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then just like other notes, so there's a couple of foreshadowing thing we talked about the uh, you know the countryside is dangerous foreshadowing. But also, like, one of the first things that Janet says when they pull up at the beginning of the episode about Pia. <laughs> oh, pretty wee thing you captured. Uh, <laughs> oh, didn't even pick up on that. <laughs> uh, wordy. <laughs> Phrasing. Um, uh, but then, yeah. Uh, you know, what happened versus what was told. I think we kind of got over that is, you know, Richard hears Ian saying things about the missing woman. Uh, and then he threatens to shoot the place up when kicked out. And I'm like, yeah, that probably all happened exactly like that. And Richard sends Kenny to go check on Ian, which, yeah, I'm sure that checks out. But then Kenny, who is the actual culprit and accomplice of Ian, fearing that Ian spilled too much information, probably goes up there and just kills him and his family. Mm-hmm. Uh, pins all of the kidnapping torture, murder, everything on him alone. But then that ends up having to kind of end their whole operation. He shoots himself in the shoulder to give the story plausible deniability and then has to let the their dungeon be revealed, puts all the blame on Ian, like I said, and then that kind of was the end of their fun and games. So that's and then that's where a lot of anger and stuff harbored in Janet is because her fun was ended, which is yeah, I get just so disturbing so crazy uh it was yeah um so that, yeah that's why she's angry let's see uh 
I think I covered pretty much everything else, other than when Davis is in the hospital. He's on his phone playing some uh, Mario Kart tour on oh. his phone. And it made, me, it made me remember I used to play that a lot, but I haven't in a long time, so maybe I should get back into it from time to time. <laughs> it's fun. Mobile Mario Kart's pretty cool. I've never played at the mobile Mario Kart. It's not bad. Feel like but really all it made me do anymore. is like want to go back on my Switch and then play the other one. So that's kind of the one. <laughs> mm. Good old but it's good Kart. like when I'm like out and about. Of course, Switch is also out and about, but I don't take it with me that often. <laughs> I got to get one of those. <laughs> <laughs> but it was just funny when he it came up, that little scene. I was like, oh, Mario Kart tour on the phone. It's a fun Good game. way to pass the time. Mm-hmm. Yep. Gosh, I can't imagine if he had been home instead of uh, away. Like if he and Pio were in his room and editing and... You know, they're going through what they had filmed for that day and for them, him to discover it at, at that time. I mean, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't get to see his reaction to Richard telling him because I assume that's what it is. Because like Richard says, I don't have any proof, but I always kind of knew. And then yeah, he's like, well, like knew what? what? He and then he like, goes to tell him and then it cuts to Pia finding the reveal and everything. So we never yeah. see how that pans out so yeah i don't know how davis reacted to that i'm sure he would react like be like are you crazy like what are you talking about that doesn't make and then he would go home to find that everything that richard told him was true right p is gone his his mom has has done that to herself and then he finds her trophies and videos and it's just so it's so twisted knowing who janet and her husband were and how sadistic and twisted and then to watch uh that show Bergerac which I'd never heard of I didn't know anything about that it was just the first time I'd heard of that show but it being a true crime show like they're mm-hmm. watching a true crime show and then they're committing these atrocities <laughs> you know yeah. it's like it's like just bizarre they're they're <laughs> messed up people um, I don't know, are they getting ideas from that? Or are they just kind of sitting back laughing about it because of what, what they do? I don't know. So, and yeah, pretty um, ingenious to be hiding the the video evidence amongst that library that they have. Uh, because again, who would who would even expect to see or, you know, for them to be right there in plain sight like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. made me think it's like, it's like a couple sitting there like watching like CSI or you know like uh, yeah watching SVU and being like oh jot that one down we got to try that you know yeah. <laughs> like, good idea you know like they're <laughs> it's so God. sick <laughs> gosh good stuff do you have any notes uh yeah those those were some extra notes that I threw oh, okay in, so yeah okay so the only thing I have is Easter eggs as well but. I might Great. have some extra ones of you, so I'll let you see what you got, and then well, I'll start, and then you will just um we'll tag team it. Um, okay, I'll go first. One of the um first ones that I have was some of the stickers that they had mm-hmm. on Davis's laptop. Yep. <laughs> uh, yep. So there were some of them that referred to some previous episodes of Black Mirror. So there was a blue Waldo logo, which mm-hmm. referenced season two, um, episode three, the Waldo moment. There was a black Tuckersoft logo, uh, which references the fictional game developer in Bandersnatch. And the there was an eye sticker, which was a reference to season four, episode two, Archangel. 
Mm-hmm. And then, of course, the infamous white bear logo yep. from season two, episode two, can be seen below that. Yes. <laughs> love that. I love, I love Easter eggs. I love that they always throw those in there. Um, what do you, uh, what's one of your Easter eggs? I've got one that you pro- might not have because it actually references okay. an episode we haven't got to yet. So I'm not going to give anything oh, away. Okay. But um, yeah, while they are gathering uh, clues about the murders, you know, all of the newspapers and all that stuff through the box. Uh, on the front page, uh, there's a story headlined on one of those papers, uh, Smart in Trouble, talking about the uh, politician Michael Smart, who makes his appearance in uh, Demon 79, episode five of this season. Ah, okay. So won't tell you what the character is, what happens. You got to wait for like stuff on that. But, but there okay. was a like flash forward, a, a reference to... To something coming up nice. that was in there, so I thought that was cool. Can't wait. Uh, well, one that I have is uh, when Davis and Pierre are meeting with um, that woman at Historic Productions to talk about their documentary and try to get the funding for that. Mm-hmm. There was a poster on the wall called The Callow Years that was yeah. hanging, hanging there. Um, that was a dramatized adaptation about Prime Minister Michael Callow from the series pilot, the national anthem. Mm -hmm. And then Uh, back to the uh, newspapers again. (laughs) Uh, Another headline flat, or actually uh, this is like the news montage at the end. I think when they're like talking about the, the documentary and everything and there's headlines and stuff on the front page of Scottish daily mail, there is a teaser banner with the headline. Speaking of the Callow years, whatever happened to Michael Callow? Now he runs a zoo. (laughs) (laughs) You just, if you haven't seen National Anthem, you'll just have to watch it. (laughs) I'm, I can't, I can't talk about Uh, it. Yeah. Uh huh. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you mentioned the reference to San Junipero. Mm -hmm. Um, So that, that was really cool. Um, Definitely a, a fan favorite and one of my favorites as well. Um, there was something though, I don't know if you want to call it an Easter egg or not. I don't think it's really considered an Easter egg, but something I fa- I thought was interesting in the flashback, like the nineties flashback when they're kind of showing all of the footage from mm-hmm. Locke Henry and, um, all of the, the media frenzy that was going on. There is a, a quick shot of a man photographing a castle, mm-hmm. uh, that castle was used in Monty Python and the Holy Grail. That was uh, the French castle that oh nice that they used in <laughs> Monty Python. <laughs> That's funny. So I thought, hey, a little Monty Python tie in there. Um, so thought that was that was fun. Not really an Easter egg, but just a fun little note. Mm-hmm. Um, that's all that I had. There w- yeah. wasn't as many in this episode as what we had in um, Jonah's Awful, or the first episode that we covered, but I'm sure there'll be many more as we um, cover the other episodes. Yeah. All right. Any Anything else that you want to say about this episode? All I got. All right. I think that's a pretty good place to wrap it up. <laughs> Uh, I'm curious to see what our listeners have to say. Um, I, yes. I didn't read any uh, any of this ahead of time, so I'm curious to see what our listeners thought. Do you want to take the first one? All right. The first one comes from Wendy. 
says, man, shouldn't have watched that one right before bed. Whew, that was a lot to unpack. <laughs> so exciting to see Daniel Portman and John Hanna. This one was so well done. I figured there was going to be a twist, but didn't see that one coming. And then for Pia to be lost right in the middle, wow. Dark, but incredibly well-written and acted. Thanks for your coverage. Excited to be in sync with my favorite dark and twisty pod. Aw, thanks, Wendy. Yeah, for sure. That, that, I agree. Definitely a mistake to be watching that one in the dark before bed. Mm-hmm. Emily Rouse says, Did Netflix know what the content of these episodes were when they agreed to air Black Mirror? <laughs> these two episodes seem like a commentary on the voyeuristic nature of so many streaming service documentaries. On the last episode, they exploited a woman's uh, mundanity for viewership and now a man's suffering. It reminded me of the controversy around Netflix's Dahmer docuseries. On a lighter note, I heard a theory about this episode that ties it to the last. Early in the episode, Stuart mentions Netflix by name, but later we hear Streamberry, uh, Netflix's alternative from episode one. The theory is that the beginning of the episode is what really happened, making Ian the only murderer, a.k.a. the source a la episode one, but once Davis and Pia meet with the streaming streaming exec, it becomes a fictive level and Streamberry uses artistic license to make Davis's parents co-conspirators and manipulators of Ian. I can't take credit for this, but I'll be watching subsequent episodes for mentions of Streamberry now. Hmm. Oh. It's an interesting theory. Hmm. I don't think I buy it, but it's an interesting one for sure. I think it's an interesting theory as well. Huh. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thanks, Emily. This one comes from Sarah Saltzman. It says, this one had me on the edge of my seat. It really makes you wonder what's on all those old VHS tapes everyone has lying around. It was also an interesting twist and commentary on the true crime genre that is so popular these days. Megan O'Connell says, I liked this episode. It didn't feel very Black Mirror, but I like true crime stuff, so I liked it. There was less technology weirdness in this one and a few other episodes this season. Hmm. I haven't watched the other ones yet, so we'll see. Hopefully, you know, what, what I said about, yeah, the, the technology and social commentary stuff. Sans, maybe some of the, you're wrong! I tried to be nice about it, but <laughs> hopefully you understand it's all in love. Uh, hopefully, maybe that'll, that'll help the way you view some of this, and even some of the yeah. future episodes. I have seen all of them, won't say anything. I know when we get to other episodes, I will also be defending and talking about those decisions as well. So don't worry I about it. I can't wait. <laughs> can't wait. Uh, the next one comes from uh, Nils. Niles, let us know. Uh, that's all I always say. It's just, <laughs> if I butcher the pronunciation, because I'm used to having my own name butchered sometimes in feedback when I first was listening to podcasts, so it happens. Uh, Same. But, uh, Nils, Niles, again, let me know. Chords says, I really enjoyed the first half, but I fell overboard in the second half. I saw the twist coming a mile away and found the social commentary do- social commentary done much better in 15 Million Merits. This is probably my least favorite episode, but with Black Mirror, that's still a 7 out of 10 or so. <laughs> yeah, no. So still good. Still, still good, good overall. Uh, Interesting. Gosh, I just did not see the twists. Yeah, I was I've, just I've, like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. I've heard a lot of people say that they, they saw it coming or that it was kind of, you know, foreseeable. But yeah, that one, it totally caught me off guard. So at least me and you were like fully yeah. surprised by it. <laughs> they got yeah. us. I, I mean, I'm glad I was, honestly. Mm-hmm. It it just made it more enjoyable for me. Don Elizabeth says, I have to admit, I just didn't care for this one. I kept watching and then stopping and going back later. I did try to watch it a second time, but just couldn't do it. Perhaps I had this reaction because I saw the ending coming. 
I did notice Streamberry thrown in there and wonder if it will be in every episode. I hope I'm not bumming you all out. Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> not at all. Good. Yeah. Thanks, Don. Yeah, this show can be, yeah, <laughs> for different people, varied, different things, you know. Yeah, people take things in differently. All right, we have an email from Daphne. Always coming through with these. I'm excited about that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so let's see what she says. It's Harry Mempate. I think we can agree that Streamberry is quite the streaming hub. I'm really enjoying this season of Black Mirror as a whole so far. I know we're only two episodes in, but these first two episodes tie back to the essence of what makes Black Mirror so special. Great acting and production and clever twists and storytelling. Loved having John Hanna in this episode. The twist was awesome. I had a sneaking suspicion that Kenneth was involved, but not Janet, so that was a clever twist. Pia dying without Janet knowing pushed her to make the choice to reveal all. Coming to terms with the horror that his parents were active participants in and changing everything he knew about his childhood was intense, and not something you just overcome. Based on his mannerisms at the end, you get the sense that he doesn't know where to go from here. I'm worried for Davis that all of this was too much and that he's going to kill himself. Mm. Looking forward to your thoughts on this one. The night is dark and full of terrors. (laughs) Daphne. (laughs) (laughs) Ice reference. (laughs) Yes. I love it. Yeah, I didn't say anything beforehand, but yeah, like that last scene where he's sitting alone in the hotel room it does kind of i was like "Ooh, where does this go for davis yeah i know you know he's questioning all his choices um at that time and yeah he's got to feel so alone like i said he's lost his girlfriend lost his mom uh is found out his whole life was a lie i mean he could have just like i said it what if they had made a different decision and just went ahead with the Eggman documentary and he could have just kept believing what he thought to be true, right? About mm. his parents and, uh, yeah, I can't imagine what it, dude needs some serious therapy. That's yeah. all I'm going to say. Thanks as always, Daphne. Um, so we got, uh, another email. Now this is not related to black mirror. Um, but I thought it was very nice and I wanted to just call it out because I, I you know, just love and appreciate uh, some of the great feedback and, and, and things that y'all have to say. So this comes from Laura. She says, Rima, ever since I heard you say that the series finale of Six Feet Under was one of the best you've ever seen, I've watched the whole series over the last few months. I just finished the last episode and I don't think I've ever cried as much for a series finale. There were 10 minutes left and I said, what could they possibly do that would be so outstanding? OMG, brilliant. So, 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 so good. And she had a little bit of a spoiler there as what happened in the finale, so I etched that out. So Uh, Pink can't see it because I know you haven't watched yet. (laughs) It's still on my list to get to eventually. (laughs) Yes. So I'm not going to say that out loud. (laughs) So um, Pink doesn't have to cover his ears. And for anyone who maybe uh, that's listening hasn't seen um, Six Feet Under, I took that out. Um, But she goes on and says, sorry, I know I'm 20 years late, LOL. But I just had to let my emotions out and say, thank you, Rima. And thank you all to all of the podcastica hosts. I love you all. Laura from Buffalo, New York. So Thanks, Thank Laura. you, Laura. I thought that was really nice. Gives a shout out to all the podcast Deca hosts. And Laura, you're so, so welcome. Um, I'm happy that I was able to introduce you to Six Feet Under if you hadn't seen it before. Again, uh, I always stress to everyone, go go watch it if you can, if you're able. It's a fantastic series and a really great season finale, series finale. 
All right. We did get a couple of calls. First call that we have is from uh, our friend Steve Brown. I'm really curious to see what he thought about this one. Yeah. So let's get into it. Hello, Pake and Rima. This is Steve. This is going to be for uh, episode two of Black Mirror season. I don't know what it is. Uh, Henry. Uh, I watched the first episode and listened to your podcast and just absolutely loved it. Annie Murphy is so amazing. I just have one question about that episode. Uh, How did Source Joan get the money to open a coffee shop if she's a felon? Maybe a Source Annie Murphy helped her. I don't know. (laughs) I love it. Ditto. Some people just don't know that that means the same thing. All right. I'm going to try not to let this hit me. Because my dad's passed away. To hear this about his dad, I mean, entirely different circumstances, but still, dead fathers are... Wow. It's a good thing I've got the closed captioning on because half of what this guy in the bar is saying, I wouldn't be able to understand. <laughs> Pharmacide, are we supposed to chuckle at that? Ooh, that MRSA, that's a bad infection. That's 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 what would kill his dad. Ooh. Okay, that's a little morbid that she wants to go see where his father was killed. Ooh, that sounds like really awkward breakup material there. Uh, if you're going to make a documentary about the guy who killed his dad. Oh, Lock Henry, child episode, mic drop. Hey, the bartender's father is protesting way too much. That it seems like there might be something more to this story than just Ian Adair killed his parents and was a serial killer fucking Hannibal Lecter. Not effing Hannibal Lecter, but like Hannibal Lecter. So they're going to actually go into the house now and film some things. This is not going to be good. (laughs) The crowbar on whisper mode. (laughs) Oh, what did they just rear end? Okay, so now they're just in the hospital. So what was the accident? How severe was it? I'm confused. Oh, no. Known what? What is the twist that's going to happen here? Oh, no. This, This is young Kenneth, and he's with Ian and the honeymoon couple that... Oh, no. Oh, and that's the mother now who's... Crazy. Oh, and mom's got one of those super high X-Files type beams, flashlights they used to use. Oh, now she's getting out her shoebox of, of uh, evidence, memories. Uh, whoa. Oh, dang. She just killed herself. And now, what is this? Is this more of the documentary? Uh, a Streamberry documentary. Uh, Lock Henry again. It's, uh, it's, I, it's a tragic mic drop. Oh, so Pia didn't make it. Oh, I hope there was another post-credit scene because I didn't see it this time. Oh, talk to you later. Oh, I didn't look for a post-credit scene. Uh, I there wasn't one. Oh, okay, I think Good only deal. the first episode had one. Ah, that was great as always, Steve. Thank you for that, and I'm sorry about your dad. I'm sorry. Um, and. Going back to Joan is awful. I I don't know how she got the money for her coffee yeah, shop. That's a good question to think about. I think yeah, Steve, you might have nailed it. Those maybe, maybe uh, Andy Murphy, Andy Murphy helped like her out. <laughs> yeah, it's great. That shit's um, Creek money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we got another voice message from our good friend Lucy. Really interested to hear what Lucy has to say, as yeah. she is from. Scotland. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see what she has to say. Hi, strange indeed. Pete Grima. It's longtime listener, first time caller, Lucy here, uh, to give some feedback on Black Mirror Season 6, Episode 2, Loch Henry. 
um, consider me your Scottish correspondent. <laughs> um, I absolutely loved this episode uh, for various reasons. Um, one of the hardest things about being from Scotland <laughs> is that everyone sort of assumes you know everyone and that you know you've been everywhere and it's a really small country. And that, you know, it really pisses me off. But then episodes like this happen and I'm like, oh, yeah, I know that place. I know that person. I know this stuff. Um, you know, obviously not the horrible kidnapping and murdering. But I thought I would share what I liked about the episode and some of my sort of tangential anecdotes to why I enjoyed Lock Henry so much. Um, first of all, where this is filmed primarily is a town called Inverary, um, which is on the banks of Loch a really beautiful part of the world um, and somewhere that almost everyone who lives in Scotland particularly those who live near Glasgow will have been to for a lovely day out so it was very interesting to see the kind of black and white buildings of Inverary through a new light one of the other things I really loved about this episode was of course Daniel Portman Pod from Game of Thrones back on our screens in his natural accent but more than that I also loved sorry I'm just sitting down if you're hearing creaking um I also loved seeing Samuel Clements as Davis. So Samuel was the second London cast of Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. He played Scorpius Malfoy. He was absolutely phenomenal in that role. And I got the pleasure of talking to him outside stage door when I went to see it. And he was just adorable. Um, he looks a lot older in this episode, but in a very good kind of creepy character actor way and I'm just so excited to see what he does next because those moments at the end where he just is sitting in silence and horror were just so perfect also let's give him credit his Scottish accent was actually really good um, wish I could say the same for the woman who played his mum we were veering a little bit into sort of Welsh 1950s territory there at times but she was also very creepy in her performance so we'll forgive her that so yeah those were the kind of superficial things I loved about it um, I am a true crime person or at least I have been I don't know how I feel about it now um, I'm watching this and seeing Pia just be the worst at times like Pia is not the villain of the story per se but the decisions she makes and the way that she pushes and views things are, are troubling and it was hard because I just wasn't really rooting for anyone in this story um, except maybe Davis who you know at the end of the day is just left there I found the ending really kind of thoughtful um, I kind of thought we might see him either take his own life the way that his mother did or maybe something like a creepy smile like he knew it was there all along but somehow being there with the emptiness was just typical bleak bleak mirror bleak black mirror um, I would say don't let this put you off visiting Scotland. Uh, we're a really nice bunch, very nice part of the world. Uh, I promise most of us won't kidnap you and kill you in our basements. Uh, speaking for myself here, others' mileage may vary. <laughs> um, but genuinely, can't wait to hear you talk about this episode. I thought it was absolutely stellar. Um, slightly underused John Hanna is all I'll say. I, I would have liked to have seen more of him, but uh, yeah, no, I loved it. I really, really loved it. Thank you so much for all that you do and for breaking down these episodes. Um, it was so good to meet you both in San Francisco last year and I'm really enjoying listening to your coverage of this. So sending lots of love from the UK. Bye, everyone. Oh, lots of love right back to you, Lucy. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, I knew that was going to be good. Oh. And she's been there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's got to be probably even more gorgeous in person. 
I'm guessing. Oh, absolutely. I would love to to visit a lot of those areas eventually, someday. <laughs> I've always wanted to go to Scotland. Whether or not the threat of being kidnapped and tortured or not, I guess it's, it'd be worth it to to get to see the the beautiful uh, landscape. It's it just looks glorious. Yes. Um, so that's awesome. Thank you so much, Lucy, for um, chiming in. Really appreciate your thoughts uh, firsthand there. And thank you for everyone for writing in, leaving voicemails, feedback on our uh, Facebook posts and emails. Uh, keep them coming. We we love to hear. Hear what y'all think. Uh, well, next week, uh, we hope that you join us for season six, episode three of Black Mirror titled Beyond the Sea. Somewhere beyond the sea, <laughs> somewhere waiting for me. My lover I'm... stands on golden sands <laughs> and watches the ships. Lovely. Lovely. Well, I'm I'm excited. I don't know anything about I mean, I've seen the the poster, you know, they made like movie posters of all the episodes and I've seen the movie poster. I I don't but I don't know anything about the episode. I but I do know Aaron Paul is in it and I really Mm -hmm. love Aaron Paul. So I'm I'm really excited to see him. Yeah. Um it is the longest of this season. Oh, is it? Okay. Yes. Not by like a whole lot, but I think it comes in about like an hour 16, something like that. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. That is a little longer than most of them then. Well, then it must have uh, quite the story to tell then, I guess. They feel it. They need to go that long. Okay. All right. I know you've seen it. I know you've seen it. You can't say anything. I'm excited to get back into it. Watch that one again. Good. Maybe. Well, that's good. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. It'll be fun. Yeah. Well, if you would like to write in, leave us a message, some feedback, voicemails, whatever you got for next week's episode, or for this one, if you didn't get it in or any other. Absolutely. Uh, you can always hit us up on our Facebook page for all of the different episodes, and you can find any contact information you need over at podcastica.com. Yeah, and while you're there, be sure to check out our other shows like Run for Your Lives with mm-hmm. Daphne and Paik. What are y'all doing this week? We are taking it back to uh to the eighties, early eighties, with a cult classic, an American werewolf in London. So <laughs> that it oh, that's no. it's quite a fun one. We had a blast with that one for sure. So can't wait to release that Friday. I love that movie so much. Mm-hmm. Classic. Absolutely classic. Uh, Yeah. Well, y'all picked a good one. I'll say that. It's, it's a lot of fun, for sure. Yeah. yeah. That'll be yeah. great. I can't wait to listen to that one. Mm. Lots of fun stuff going on on Podcastica. Uh, From has wrapped season two, but Alex and Lizzie still putting out some uh, kind of overview of the season uh, interviews with different cast members and stuff still, so... Always working, and I think they've got some fun stuff in the downtime between seasons planned that I don't they've even know what it is yet. They've always got stuff going on. They've always yeah. got stuff going on. They just keep it going. <laughs> just keep yeah. it going. I love it. I love it. So yeah, so definitely check that out if you're a fan. And then Walking Dead, Dead City is on right now. So on the cast of us, Ben and different hosts covering that. Yep. Lucy, that we just heard from, was on episode two. So 
go check out the coverage over there as well. Yeah, Ben uh, always does a fantastic job, and he's had a really great roundtable of guests so far. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, a lot of interesting conversation around that show. Yeah, so check out all the shows over on Podcast. Because something over there will catch your fancy, especially if you're listening to this one right now, and show the love to the ones that you do love, including here. You follow, yeah. subscribe, whatever you do on your podcast player of choice. Give us ratings, reviews, positive only, please. Or <laughs> if you hate the show, give us a scathing review, but make it five stars and then it's fine. Uh, <laughs> we'll forgive you. <laughs> yeah. As long as it's five stars, you can write anything you want. Now, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, just give us the review. Now, uh, <laughs> we appreciate any and all feedback. Absolutely. But for now, that is our show this week. Thanks for listening, everybody. Until next time, I'm Rima. And I'm Pate. And Laura from Buffalo is strange indeed. <laughs>